The following audio is a sermon preached by one of our pastors at Restoration Church in St. Mary's, Georgia. We pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to you deeply with this message. (laughs) I love a good beat. (laughs) Of which I was rebuked for back in my childhood days. I tell you, I was rebuked. We were the inventors of the bass speaker system in my household. We built, we built boxes. Y'all ain't seen nothing. We just missed an opportunity. The opportunity was to make millions at it. But we built this bass box system that was so powerful, that was so agitative. Let me tell you why. My dad got so agitated at our new creation that um, he would bang on the walls and say a few words that kind of agitated me about the noise that we were making. And it was really cool because I think we did it to really make them mad. I think, I think we did it to get rebuked. Because, you know, when you're, when you're doing something and you turn up the stereo and you go, watch this, <laughs> you know what you're doing? You're, you're agitating and you're looking for a rebuke. And, and the word rebuke is a word that we're going to use this morning because it's, it's really a good word. The word rebuke is going to be found in our text this morning. And if you have your Bible this morning, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to really get into the word strong this morning because right here is a perfect place for us to receive what the Apostle Paul is telling his young Apostle Timothy. He's teaching him something. But I want you to keep in mind this morning, as we're looking at the Scriptures, the Word isn't just teaching Timothy here, so don't, don't get focused on Timothy and go, well, you know, that was for Timothy. What about me? Well, anything that's in this Word from the beginning to the end is authorized by God. Anything in this book from the first page to the last page of God's Word is true. It's all 100% true. And we need to just kind of focus there just for a second this morning because you have to, you got to receive it. You've got to know that going in because you're going to get some stuff. You're going to get some direction. Of course, that's what we do on Sunday morning. We come together for the lifting up of the name of Jesus Christ. We, we do that to edify one another, to build each other up. And, and frankly, when we leave the place, I usually feel pretty good. I feel really good. Why? Because God has been with us. He has shown up in a corporate kind of way. He's, 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 he's inhabiting the praises of his people. And so with that comes the preaching of the word. It comes the, the challenge. It comes the stretch. And uh, so we're going to be stretched a little bit today. Why do we need to be stretched? Well, <clears throat> we got a lot to do. There's a lot of things to do here in Camden County that God has commissioned us to do as a body of believers. And uh, the food outreaches that we do are just scratching the surface of some of the things that we believe God's going to do. Now listen, we're not going to do anything as a church that God doesn't authorize. We can be in a lot of trouble, and we can be in a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering as a body of believers and wondering, what in the world's going on? We're doing all these good things. Well, Jesus said it in the book of Matthew where he said, you're doing a lot of things and you're saying you're doing them in my name, but I haven't authorized that. So we're saying and we're speaking, but we want to be doing what the Father wills us to do. And so for us to do that, we've got to know that we know that we know that Jesus is Lord of all. Okay, so can you say that with me? Jesus is Lord of all. 
Well, that was a good first time. I want you to just, I mean, and so when you're saying it, I don't want you to just repeat it like we're dumbing down a phrase. I want you to receive it this morning and say, Jesus is Lord of all. So say it with me like you mean it. Jesus is Lord of all. Okay, that's a great start. Because at the end of our message today, we've just got to be in a place where Jesus is truly Lord of all. And that means your life and my life. So let's pray this morning. We're going to get into God's Word and ask Him to show us something that's going to strengthen us as individuals and at the same time, the body of believers. Father God, this morning, I thank you for your Word. I thank you for what you're teaching me. I'm learning, I'm learning quickly, but I've been slow along the years to pick up some of the things that you have for me. But I thank you that you're patient. I thank you that you're merciful. I thank you that you're long-suffering. I thank you for this church that you have gathered together. And Father, we know, we know without a shadow of a doubt it's you. We know that it's you and only you, and we give you the honor and the glory for everything that you're doing. Thank you for the lives that have been changed. Thank you for the baptisms. Thank you for the discipleship. God, thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for how you keep us going through the faithfulness of your people, through their faith, through their giving, through their commitment. And God, just show us what you have for us next. And so we ask you to show us in your word this morning what it is that you have for us and how we can position ourselves in a place to be used more readily by you. And when you speak to us to go out and go, we'll know exactly what we're supposed to do next because we're willing to receive your guidance, direction, and correction in our lives. And I pray it all in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. And so in the Bible... If you don't have your Bible this morning, it's going to be up there on the screen. And, and this, this is a message called Let's Go Back. And, and I'll explain it to you in a minute after we read the scriptures. Paul, the apostle, is reading, uh, writing to young Timothy. And these two, these two books, these two books are filled with lots of information from a guy that's pretty well done it all. I mean, this guy, Paul, he has... I'm, I want to set it up for you because I really want you to get it this morning. This, this is the guy that was born a Jew. This is the guy that was taught how to kill the Christian, how to put him in prison, how to hang him upside down, how to slice their throat if need be. Didn't even think twice about it. And this guy takes a, a road trip, and on that road he's blinded by this light, and through that blindness Jesus shows him everything. I mean, that's, that's in essence what happened. This guy gets to see it all. And so that's why God used him through the power of the Holy Spirit to pen down everything and put it here for you and I so the Holy Spirit would guide us and lead us so we would be able to see exactly what Paul saw. And so he gave it to us and he wrote it to us. And I, I find it really interesting as we get ready to read this that we're, we sometimes are very far away from what the Apostle Paul was teaching Timothy and what he's teaching us. But it's a great day to come back to it. So let's go back. And here it is. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming. When people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away 
from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Well, it sounds like a lot of gobbledygook. Sounds like a lot of religious stuff. But this is a guy, this is a, this is a young man who's come up underneath the wing of Paul, Timothy. And he's been raised up by his mother and his grandmother. And he has been taught the word. He's been taught how to live it. But somewhere along the line, he's got to put it into action. And so it's a correlation between the scriptures and what Paul is teaching Timothy and us this morning. You and I have been saved. We've given our life to Jesus Christ. What does that look like? It's more than a prayer. It means that I have surrendered. I have given myself up. I have put myself to the back to allow Christ to become Lord of all. Jesus is what? He is Lord of all. Is he truly Lord of all? Well, if you sang it this morning and he's not, then it's possible that you may be telling a fib. You might be telling a little lie. Not a little white lie. No such thing. We'd, we'd like there to be, though, wouldn't we? Wouldn't you like there to be little white lies? Wouldn't it be cool if we could just little, just little, 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 little white lie? It was just good. It was just, it was just for the right reason. I told it for the right reason. It was, it was all to protect somebody or protect something or protect myself, right? Yeah. A little white lie. There is no such thing. We're not going to get off on that tangent this morning. But listen, you've got to rebuke the lie. You've got to call out the lie. You've got to not live in the lie. Well, I think we're living in a generation that's okay with that. I think it's pretty cool. I think everybody just loves to be told all about themselves. I think it's really cool when you can walk up to a stranger and tell them, hey, did you know that I just saw you cream your door into that red truck over there? And they stand back, really? That is so cool that you called me out. It's so awesome that you're telling me that in front of all these managers in this store. It's so cool that you would think so much of me that you would just tell on me in front of all these people. Thank you. Thank you. Who do I write the check to and how can I make this wrong right? Does that sound like the world that we live in to you? Exactly. And so I ask you, without anybody raising your hand or standing up, when's the last time you dinged somebody's door and didn't tell nobody? Huh? Somebody been dinging my doors. My Nissan looks like it got shot. And I, I keep telling her to park it out in the North 40. You know, park it out in the North 40. But I don't know. It's like... It's like this. There was this movie that I saw where this guy, he's a secret agent or something, and he's driving this Corvette, and he's flying around. All of a sudden, he just he whips the car around, and it flies backwards into this parking space. And I'm not kidding, man. The only way to get out of the car is for you to get up and walk across the hood down onto the pavement. You can't open the doors. I'm almost sure that, I'm almost sure that, Every time she drives the car, those are the kind of spaces she's looking for. Because every time I come home, my doors are dinged. And she goes, where'd that come from? And I'm like, well, I wasn't driving the car. You know, it, when's the last time you dinged somebody's door and you told somebody? You say, you know, Greg, I, I, I think, please tell me there's something more here. Please tell me you got something more in the message. Well, I do. 
And here's the deal. People don't like to be told they're wrong. I mean, all, you can look at somebody and go, hey, how's it going? They're like, I'm eh, pretty good. How you doing? And they're just all happy and just say, hey, listen, can I talk to you for a second? And if you don't do it like this, they won't come and talk to you. It's just like, can I talk to you for Well, sure. Yeah, okay. Sure. What do you want to talk about? Sound like Donna, don't I? Sure. Teasing. Just teasing. I love you, Donna. And so, at least I'm not picking on Joey. I got to pull it over to this side of the room this morning. It's for all of us. After all, we all love Jesus, don't we? And so you pull him off over the side and say, listen, could I just have a little word with you? (laughs) Sure. And then you proceed to tell them something that they haven't been doing right or that they literally did wrong. Now, I will tell you, there's a couple of guys in the room that have become very good at it. My sons have gotten very good (laughs) at telling their mom and dad what we've done wrong <laughs> and they don't use any tact it's never hey guys uh, we have a little family meeting just want to tell you guys we love you you guys were awesome parents but uh we need to have a little chat uh, you remember how you used to ground us and how you used to spank us and i think you went about that all wrong you guys were wrong no they didn't go about they don't go about it that way <laughs> they, they 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 use another kind of tact it's like a 2013 kind of tact it's it's Just throw it all out there. They hit you over the head. But hey, wait a minute. I did the same thing. Remember what I told you about the bass speaker system? Man, me and my brother would be up in our room, and we'd know know dad was downstairs sleeping because he worked all night long. Big deal. He's on third shift. Get over it. (laughs) Woo, we'd throw that thing open, and I know my mother would be in the kitchen cooking something awesome for supper, and she'd have to throw it all down and go, oh, God, I got to get up there. Them boys are about... (laughs) They're about to get killed. They're about to get killed. And then she'd come up there, and this is where it's going to get fun because we're going to talk about mama for a minute. She'd come up there, and it was just to get our attention. The gritting of the teeth thing. It's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know your dad's downstairs sleeping? And we're like, sure we do. We do. Is he awake yet? We had a master escape plan. And so she's there rebuking us. And we're refusing her rebuke. And we're going, get over it, lady. This is the funnest thing we've done all week long. And so, listen, that's okay if you're like 9, 10, or 15. It's not okay if you're 28, 33, or 45. Somebody comes to you and, you know, it's, it's like I got pulled over by the law today. I got, a, I got a warning. Can you believe that guy? Yeah. I mean, can you believe that guy? The guy went flying. There were people flying by me, but no, he's got to pick me. Why me? We don't like to be rebuked. Come on, just admit it. You don't like to be told you're wrong. Well, I don't like it any more than you do. I hate being told I'm wrong. I can't stand it. I mean, I literally sulk when I get told I'm wrong. I walk in the backyard going, man, these people are crazy, man. These people are crazy. Why do I choose to live here? Why do I put up with this? I mean, come on, man. I'm not wrong. In my own little world, I'm right about everything. There's a song about it somewhere. I'm sure we don't have to sing it. I'm right about everything. And so are they. They're right about everything. 
And the answer I usually get when I'm rebuking is, really? You ever, you ever pulled that one out? Really? It's like, pull your wallet out. Really? Really, we're going to do this? Really? I mean, you ever, you ever had a conversation with your spouse where it's just like, and here's the one. Here's the one I love. Honey, you know, yeah, I know how I can get. Yeah, I know how I can get. Sometimes I get a little bit of a fracas going on. Sometimes I get a little, little stress. But when I'm like that, just tell me. Oh, come on, just, sweetheart, just tell me. I want you to hold me accountable. Just tell me. That worked one time. Well, not the rebuking part, but she looked at me and she goes, all right. I was like, all right. She goes, all right. And the kids are going, well, all right. Everybody's all right. And then one day you come in, you forget you had the conversation. I had the conversation with my family. And so you come walking in and it just seems like everything's gone wrong today. And it's just like, can I, can I catch a stinking break? I mean, can I just catch one little stinking break? It just seems like everything's going wrong today. And you walk in there and the first people you see are your loved ones. You know, the ones you said, if I get out of whack, bring me back in the line. Bring it on. Yeah. And the first thing they say yeah, I. Right? I'm all right. I'm all right. You sure? I'm all right. Everything okay? I'm all right. Don't ask me again. I'm all right. This is like, whoa, whoa, thought we had a conversation. We never had that conversation. Don't you know any better than to call me out when I'm having a bad day? So I'm supposed to, don't even, don't even go there. Haven't you ever had a bad day? Don't you ever have bad days? What am I supposed to do when you have bad days? Somebody's going, has the man been watching us? You've been in my house? No, man. We all go through it. We're all there. Let's just be smart and let's be adults here. Even if your kids start acting like an adult this morning and say, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I do it all the time. Why? Because we forget. We forget. We forget what we said. We forget the commitment that we made. We forget what it's all about. And so much more is the church. We forget what it's all about. We forget what our job is. We forget what we've been commissioned to do. We forget what it's really for. We forget who it's for. We make it back about us. And so we stifle ourselves. We turn inward and we start chewing each other up and spitting each other out and start acting like total fools toward each other. And nobody wants to be around that. And so what we do is we just... Go find another group of people to hang out with until they make us mad or until we don't like being rebuked. Man, listen, I don't like being rebuked, but I've learned to love it. I can't stand it when you call me out, but I've learned to love it. It's really good. It's purifying. It's awesome. But you've got to give yourself an invitation to receive it. Because, man, when you give somebody a license to rebuke, it's on. You give me a license to rebuke, it's on. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you up. I'm going to call you over. I'm going to call you for a sit down. I'm going to look at you and say, now we're talking. This is going to be good. And here is the warning. Here is the directive. Here is exactly what Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy is just as subject to the things of this world as we are now. 
He's living in a day and age, man, listen, the church is falling apart. People are doing wild and crazy things. And don't look at our culture today and say that, man, we are 10,000 times worse than it was back in those days. No, it's not. We just look a lot crazier. We do. We're doing some crazy stuff. As Americans, we're doing some crazy, insane stuff. We are. I mean, just think about it. Think about what you see on TV and you're having a conversation in your home going, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you believe what our world is turning into? Can you believe what's happening? You know what? Starts with one person. And that's how change begins. You know what our problem is as a church? We want to do something about it, but we can't because we won't allow something to be done in our own life. And we self-justify. Well, at least I don't do that. I don't even drive like that guy. I don't even act like that guy. And you know what I'd do if I was that guy? And so Paul here is taking us back. You know what's really cool about God's word? It never changes. It's always the same. But through the generations, it's always making application. How in the world could this scripture that was written how long ago? Thousands of years ago. Many, many eons ago. Many, many moons ago. Whatever, however you define time, it was written a long time before you ever came in to this world. But yet, Paul starts out with a charge. It's a charge. And I think, I think one of the issues that we have in today's society called the church is that I think we're leading people into a relationship with Jesus, praying a prayer, but we're not discipling them as to what that means. We're not helping them to count the cost. We look at them and say, really, really? You want to you receive Jesus? All 800 of you people, you want to receive Jesus Christ? All you got to do is say this, boom, and he'll just live inside you for the rest of your days. And we leave it right there. We leave it right there. That is a lie. Because in order to receive Jesus Christ, you got to count the cost. What does it mean to receive Jesus Christ? It means no more of me. I'm done. I'm finished. Caputo. Out the door. So long, self. I'll see you later. I'm finished with you. Man, I heard that song for the very first time. I want you to throw that one up sometime. I'll worship with you. So long, self. It's been fun, but you got to go. <laughs> I ain't hanging out with you no more. And at first I heard the song, and it comes from Mercy Me, and I'm listening to it, sing it, and I'm going, man, that's kind of an arrogant song. It's like he's telling his buddy to, like, I'm better than you. Hit the road. Get out of my face. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's a song about the charge. So long, self. I ain't going to be needing you around anymore. That's, that's, that's the beginning of a life with Jesus Christ. Number one, repentance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the sin that's in my life. I'm sorry for the wretch that I am. I surrender. And with that surrenderment comes, you got all of me. You got everything I got. You got everything I own. You got everything I think. You got everything I do. It's all yours, Jesus. Here's what happens, though. We drift back and we reclaim some of those things that we dropped off. It's like I threw them over the cliff, but they had a little string hanging from them. And I know where they're at. I know where they're at. I know where to get them. I know where to go back to to find them. I know where to buy them. I know where to cheat. 
I know where to steal. I know where to run back to. I just pick them up. I'm saved, man. Grace. I got some grace. I got me a big old helping of grace last Thanksgiving. Grace. I got some grace. I put it on my rice. I got grace. Grace covers everything, doesn't it? It covers a multitude of sin. Y'all are laughing, but it's true. We go back and we take this grace and we make it an occasion to sin. We go back and we just start living it. Now, I got to ask you a question, though. If we're living in this grace and it's not an occasion to sin anymore, but we're sinning again as the church, and I'm not saying being perfect, but I'm saying we're just getting loose. We're just kind of falling away from it. And we're going back into these habits that used to overtake us before we came to Christ. And he said, I'm not doing that. I won't have anything to do with that. So what makes you think that if you come to Christ, you keep on those habits or keep bringing those habits back into your life that he's going to be doing that with you. He's not working in that. He's not doing it. So Paul says, I charge you, Timothy. He didn't say, hey, man, you need to listen to this. He didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, this is, a, this is some good advice. Hey, man, listen, Paul, appreciate the advice, but I'm heading on down my own little road here. I got my own little ministry thing going on. We all got our own little thing going on. Uh-uh. That's what he said. I charge you in the presence of God. It gets pretty serious when you come into the presence of God. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. It's not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be a free-for-all. It's not supposed to be exciting. It's not supposed to make your toes tingle. It's supposed to humble you. It's supposed to get us right down on our face before God. In the presence of God, I charge you. And of Christ Jesus, who's the judge of the living and the dead. That means we're going to be judged, y'all. And by his appearing and his kingdom, here's the charge. You ready? Okay, guys, this is yes. yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. That means all the time. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm just not feeling it. Been a bad month. Not feeling it. I just decided to go back to my, some of my old habits. I just, I'm not feeling it. I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. I'm just not, you know, you know that feeling you get when you receive Jesus? I just don't feel it. I don't, I don't feel it. Do you feel it? Kevin, do you feel it? I feel it. I just feel it. But I don't feel it. So I kind of go on my feelings. No, 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 no. When you don't feel it, it's on. When you feel it, it's on. When you don't feel it, it's on. All the time. In season, out of season. And we ain't talking about your garden here. When the turnips come in, I'm on for Jesus. When the turnips ain't growing, I'm all for Jesus. I think we operate that way. I do. I think we flip him on like a switch. Jesus, I need you. Where you been? He's been, man, I was there yesterday. You just didn't call on me. I've been with you. I'm in you. I'm all over this thing. The problem is I'm grieved and I can't do the work that I want to do through you. And I, you know, I can, I, I really, I get this picture of Jesus in the marketplace or in, in the temple made into a marketplace. I think he was rip roaring, stinking mad. But it says he didn't get angry and I can't pull that off. I've tried. I try it all the time. All right, I'm going to get mad, but I'm not going to get angry. Here's how we're going to handle things. Right now I'm mad. Problem is, when I get mad, words come out. Son, I got some words. Oh, don't look at me like that. Y'all like, oh, he's got words. I can rattle them off. George Carlin ain't got nothing on this guy. And for those of you in the room that don't know who he was, that guy was filthy, nasty. 
son, the seven words you can't say on TV. I got 57. I got them. They're right. They, they're poo right here. You say, I thought you walked in the spirit. I do. <laughs> he keeps them at bay. I'm trying to forget them. I promise. I got a little magic eraser. I keep going, stop doing that word is not good. I wanted to, you know why? Because words make me feel good. They make me feel good about my, my stance. They make me feel good about my problem. They make me feel good about, and then later on you feel like foolish, like, I love it when Luke looks at me and goes, Dad, I don't think we need to use that kind of language. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> come on, guys. I slip one out every once in a while. Don't you have slippers? I ain't talking about what you slip. <laughs> come on now. Y'all stop making me feel like this. <laughs> you got slippers, don't you? You got little slippers? But Paul said, I charge you in the presence of God. He said, <laughs> reprove a dad. Can't stand it when that boy does that. <laughs> Rebuke. And then exhort. Now, I'd probably like it more. <laughs> this is a good one. I just, I'd probably like it more if Luke was a hey, dad. I don't think we need to use that kind of language. And I look at him and say, well, doggone, aren't you right, Luke? And he goes, well, that's good, dad. That's real good. That's exhorting. That's a fine picture of exhortation. That's exhorting. And he says to do it with patience. Do it with patience and teach them. In pa- so teach me, son. Just teach me what I need to hear. Teach me. Sometimes I get frustrated. Sometimes I get wrapped up in my own little world and, you know, just something comes out. Been there? Thank you, Jesus. I can move on now. We don't have to have a preacher altar call this morning. It, it just happens. Now, I will say it's happening less and less. It happens way a lot less. Don't talk to Luke on the way out the door. He'll tell you something different. And then next week, we're going to preach on liars. Okay? So here we go. Rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, But having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Well, folks, without saying another word about that, that's occurred. That's happening. People are looking to be told what they want to hear. And you know what? There's more than a handful of people out there that you can go talk to that will tell you exactly what you want to hear. And you know what they'll tell you? Now, who am I? Who am I to tell you? Because I got my own sin. I do my own thing sometimes, and I'm just, you know. You know what that is? That's put your waiters on time. You know what we do when we're in the waiters? We're walking knee-deep in something. And that's put your waiters on time. That's a lie. Listen to me, believer. Run. (laughs) Run from a person who teaches lies like that. That says, well, you know, I got my own issues. I got my own lies. Who am I to tell you? You know what that is? That's you don't worry about me, and I won't worry about you. And we'll all just be happy, won't we? The church can't function like that. She may look like she's functioning, but it's a short time before she's going to fall flat on her face. And we're not going to be effective. Remember, Jesus wasn't successful. And I think we're putting that word out there, and we're trying to be successful. We got a successful something or other ministry. Or we got a successful this or that. We're a successful church. And Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit don't give two flying flapjacks about our success because that points it back toward man. Paul wasn't successful. He was effective. Jesus was not successful, and he didn't have a successful ministry. More people hated him than loved him. 
And it wasn't because he went on to the cross and died that he was not successful. He got on that cross, which made him effective. Okay? Let's just remember we're after an effective ministry. How do we do that? We open up the floodgate for ourselves and for those that we are in this fellowship with to be able to have that conversation with each other. And it starts right in your own household. It starts right in your own house. Listen, man, you're not doing your wife any good, man, if she comes up to you and says, how did you like dinner? It was okay. Yeah, good, thanks, good. And you barely ate your meal. I just wasn't hungry. You know you came home from work starving. It just didn't taste good. Just tell her. Just tell her. Do it nicely. Do it and exhort her. You know, honey, that was an awesome try. Let's not do that again. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. We can be nice. See, y'all ain't ready to receive. You've got to be able to handle the truth. You've got to be able to handle it. Nice try. Everybody stand up. Give mama a hand. Woo! Let's take it to the garbage. You know, no, listen, man. I try. My wife, she'll do it to me. There's some things I try to do. Oh, honey, that was, oh, honey, that's nice. Are we going to leave it like that? Is that all I ever hear you doing is griping and groaning, woman? I come home after a long day of studying God's Word. I clean this house. Now listen, I'm not the same cleaner she is. Out of sight, out of mind is my motto. If you don't see it, it ain't there. And she's not that way. She's like, she looks under things. What's up with that? Why do you look under, why are you looking after me? I cleaned it, by golly. And when she gets on a rampage of cleaning, I can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I can't, but see, listen, it's the same in the spiritual realm. You know you want to walk circumspectly. You want to walk upright with God. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, you can't stand it. You can't stand being corrected. You know why? Here's the first thing we say. Yeah, and what were you doing? Serious now. Now in here, I don't think Timothy was of the mind with Paul. Now listen, this is a guy. I'm not that guy. I've never murdered anybody in my life. But here's the deal. Paul did. Took them out. Lopped their head off. This is a guy that says, Timothy, sir, yes, sir. Can you imagine Timothy? Timothy wasn't walking around. I don't know who that guy thinks he is. He, he doesn't have any authority to speak in my life. Timothy was looking right at him like a daddy. He was looking right at him like the love of Jesus and the, the presence of Jesus. He was saying, sir, yes, sir. I got this. I will do. I will follow you. Paul made a statement. He made a statement early on in his ministry, and here's what he said. In essence, he said, do what I'm doing. And it's, it sounds cocky. It sounds arrogant. But he saw the whole thing. He saw heaven. He saw the world. He saw the disarray in it. He saw what Jesus was going to do. He saw the whole thing. Jesus showed him everything. So he said to the apostles, do what I'm doing. Do what I'm doing. I got it figured out. He showed me. I'm on the right path. And I'm about to let it all go. At the end of the chapter, at the end of coming up on 8, he's saying, hey man, it's, it's just about done. I fought the good fight. Who's going to carry it on? You, Timothy. 
And you better be ready to receive rebuke. You better be able to rebuke those that are in your life. You've got to be able to have your heart. You've got to be ready for what the Holy Spirit has for you or else you will be rendered useless for the kingdom. We won't win another soul to Jesus Christ if we will not receive this text. We won't. You, you can't. You cannot. You, you could feed people all day long, but that's all you're going to be doing is feeding them. Listen, man, you got to be able to receive it. Now, I'm not saying at the end of the service we're going to have a sign-up. We're going to have a rebuke sign-up sheet. And so on your way out the door, you are by signing this consent form, you are giving me permission to call you out on every sin I hear about and see. No, but it's just lining yourself up to say first, on your face before God. Yes, God. In a culture that we live in, I get sucked into it. Sometimes I act that way. Sometimes I get wrapped up in it. But I say this morning, let's go back spiritually and in our minds to a time that was strong in Jesus when men and women had integrity, when people stood for the right things and they weren't ashamed of it, but people on the other end of it received it. It starts out, you know, whatever happened to the days of buying a car and shaking a guy's hand, it was a done deal. You can't do that anymore. You know why? Because people don't trust each other. And that's two Christians I'm talking about. Christians are doing Christians wrong all the time because we're looking for a way out instead of looking for a way to be challenged, a way to be stretched, to be everything God created us to be on this earth. Because there's coming a day where he's going to look at us in the face and he's going to say, come on in, or he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. You weren't doing things in my name. I didn't authorize that. Because it's a heart issue. It comes down to the heart. Where's your heart? Is your heart willing to receive? Man, it's easy to call out people's sin. You could call out my sin all day long, and you're going to find it. Because it's there. Because I make mistakes that turn into sin. And sometimes I'm just foolish. And sometimes I'm just arrogant. But I sure would like somebody to come alongside and say, Hey man, did I see you speeding down the road the other day? And I'd like to know that I have the gall and the gumption to say, Yes, I did and I need to stop. Got a good report the other day. Somebody rode by and said, Man, I seen your window down. You was cranking it out, singing Jesus tunes, and you were doing the speed limit. I was like, Well, isn't that just lovely? <laughs> Never been told that before in my life. And I think for that one day I was doing the speed limit. That was cool, man. I'm going to live in that one for a while because I just ain't heard nothing good about myself in a while. So, no, you see what I'm saying? You can't be the rebuker. You got to be the rebukee. You got to have your heart right. If you're going to rebuke people, you got to be able to be rebuked. And so Paul's giving Timothy a charge. (laughs) He says, buddy, if you're going to preach the word, if you're going to preach the word, here's what you better be ready to receive. You got to be ready. Here's what God's word says. The time's coming when people will not endure sound teaching in verse 3. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they're all over this place, folks. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away off into myths, which are lies, made-up stories, junk, not from Jesus. As for you, always be sober-minded 
Endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me this crown of righteousness, which the Lord, righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Not only to me. You ever wonder if the Bible's been written for you? Not only for me, but to all All of those that are looking forward to his appearing. That's us, our future. It's we, the church. Are you willing to receive it this morning? Really? I mean, are you just, are are you inspired by the word of God to know that he loves you so much that he wrote this book, this book, that it would be relevant for a moment in society and our culture as we live right now to say that's wrong, I can't do it anymore, and if somebody calls me out on it, I'll stop. No, here's what we do. Y'all, it's on. I'm going to preach another hour. We'll have lunch back there. We got beef burritos. No, listen, man. It's like this. It's like this. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. I do not see it that way. I think that it's okay for me to do that. You worry about you, and I'll worry about me. Well, maybe in the workplace, but definitely not in the home, and definitely not in the church. You got to be able to have the satisfaction to know that I want to be called out. Somebody, it's been said a million times. uh, not picking on anybody, but somebody said it many times. I'll quit doing it when God convicts me of it. Oh, Lord Jesus. If I've ever heard one, that's a good one. I'll quit it when God convicts me of it. Now I'm speaking some words. Hey, check this out. See this tie? This thing goes way back. Old mountain man preacher's tie. Handed down to me after he died and went to be with Jesus. You know how many people this tie has stared at and looked eyeball to eyeball and said, would you? Huh? Would you? Would you just consider for a moment saying, God, make me that person. Make me that believer. Someone who will look at my life first before I look at everybody else's. See, if I worried about my own backyard, I wouldn't be looking in your front yard. Seriously. Seriously. Do you know how effective the church would become? Because it'd have Jesus all over it. Because that's what he's doing. I charge you. I charge you. Rebuke one another. Reprove one another. Strengthen one another. Now, it takes a lot of courage to do that. I'm not going to lie to you. It takes a lot of courage. Now, Luke, next time I say something, or next time I get out of line, I want you to call me out on it, boy. Now, the problem with Luke... Come on up, worship team. The problem with Luke is he'll say, okay. <laughs> Got it. I'm your man. Man for the job. I go in his bathroom one time. All I wanted was one little spray of cologne. One little spray. Good Lord Jesus. You'd think I done stole his bedding off his bed or something. I mean, one little spray. What are you doing with my cologne? Like I bought the stuff for you last Christmas, homeboy. Get over it. He's right, though. It's his cologne. You know what? I ain't wearing cologne no more. I'm boycotting it. Listen, folks, listen. This thing can work. 
It's a Jesus plan. It's a Jesus plan. And don't, don't let our culture get y'all messed up. Don't get wrapped up in our culture. It is a crazy time to be alive, is it not? Are we living it? We could just come up with a list of everything that just seems like it's all twisted up and backwards. Just don't get yourself wrapped up in it. Take a trip back to the Word and don't get yourself trapped up in it. Man, there's just so much stuff going on. There's just so much crazy stuff. It's just wild. It's just crazy. I just don't think I can deal with all of it. You don't have to. Don't get wrapped up in it. Rebuke yourself. Look in the mirror and receive rebuke and reproof from the believers around you. You say, well, I don't trust people. Well, you better learn to trust people. That's what's wrong with the church. We don't trust each other. Nobody trusts each other. Nobody receives anything anymore. And the Bible says in Matthew 18, it says, if you're at aught with a brother or if you have a problem with another believer, you go to them. Come on, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee. You go to them. You have a conversation with them. What if they don't receive me? Not your problem. But we are the ones that need to be careful and be sure that we're ready to receive somebody coming to us. And if you find that they're wrong, no problem. They were just looking out for you. Receive it. Hey, man, thanks for looking out for me. I think you're wrong, but thanks. It's good to know I got somebody's got my back. Let me explain it to you while I was flying down the road. <laughs> We're liars, aren't we? We're just liars. Receive it. Accept it. It will make you strong. It'll make you pure. It'll, it'll, it'll give you power. It'll give you integrity. It'll make you want to stand up on a mountaintop and shout who Jesus is and what he wants to do because then you'll be able to look at it and say, man, if he can do it in me, he can do it in you. Just get your heart ready this morning. As we close out this morning, I just want you to consider, just say, God, give me the strength to be that person that could just receive what my church body, what, you know, don't open yourself up to, 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 to the whole world out there because the whole world can't be trusted. Just start right here. Start in your own family. Have the courage to say, hey, man, I got this issue in my life that I know I struggle with. Would you, let's make a pact. Would you call me out on it? Would you show me when I'm acting that way? And don't be a liar. Be someone of truth and say, I really want your help with this, and then work on it. Okay? Amen. Let's take it. Thank you for listening to this message. If you would like to connect with Restoration Church, you can do so by visiting our Facebook page, Restoration Camden, or also our church website, www.restorationcamden.com. There you will find all of our contact information, including current ministries, sermons and teachings, serving opportunities, upcoming events, and outreaches. If you would like to get in touch with our pastors concerning a prayer request or a special need you'd like us to attend to, please feel free to do so. Also, please feel free to share this sermon. We just ask that you do not alter the content in any way. God bless you, and thank you for listening.